grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God that engages us today is the epistle lesson read previously, thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, to say that this is a big weekend here at St. Paul's would be an understatement to say the least. In fact, I would submit to you that this weekend is one of the most significant weekends in our congregation's recent history. As we wrap up the commitment phase to the Tell the Wonders He Has Done ministry expansion campaign. It, of course, is also Reformation Weekend. And we have visions of Martin Luther nailing up the 95 theses on the door of the Castle Church in Wittenberg, dancing in our heads. At first consideration, it might seem like these two items, the Reformation and our ministry expansion campaign, separated by some 500 years, would really have not much, if anything, in common. But upon further consideration, these two items have something very critical in common. About both the Reformation and our ministry expansion campaign, it can be said it's all about the gospel. The Reformation certainly was all about the gospel. The power of God unto salvation for all who believe. The fact that our sins are forgiven, not on account of anything we do or don't do, but rather on account of what God has done for us and for all people through his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. But back in Luther's day, the teaching of the church concerning the gospel and especially the grace of God was quite different than that which we believe, teach, and confess today. Back in Luther's time, the predominant teaching was called infused grace, gratia infusa in the Latin. The teaching was that God infused you with his grace in order to help you do good works so that one day you might become righteous. This grace was sort of like a spiritual booster shot that helped you become more obedient and more compliant to the will of God. Eventually, it was Christ plus this grace that made salvation possible for you. In the end, it would be God who would judge what you had done with Christ and with this grace. Well, such a gospel is no gospel at all. Such a gospel calls upon God's people to do the impossible, namely to count on their own works, at least to some degree, in order to be righteous before God. And so Luther, a young monk, did things such as staying up all night in prayer, sleeping outside in the cold, fasting for long periods of time, physically beating himself, and confessing his sins for hours at a time. All of these things, 
in an effort to try and make God's anger at him for his own sin dissipate, at least somewhat. Understandably, Luther could find no peace in such a system. How would he ever know if he had done enough? Why wasn't his life demonstrating more obedience and more compliance to the will of God? How did he know that God still wasn't angry with him and ready to punish him and condemn him upon his death? He didn't know. There was no peace and there was no comfort in such a system. And even though there is no peace and no comfort in such a system, there is something inside of us that makes us want to try to make ourselves righteous before God, or at least contribute to our own righteousness before God. In the year 2020, the renowned Christian research group, the Barna Group, did a survey of 2,000 Americans, and they found that 48% of those 2,000 Americans agreed to some degree with the following statement. If a person is generally good or does enough good things during their life, they will earn a place in heaven. They will earn a place in heaven. And I have no doubt that we could go over to West County Mall later on today and conduct our own survey. We could ask people the question, do you believe you are going to go to heaven when you die? And I suspect the majority of the people would say, oh yes, I believe I'm going to heaven. But then if we were to ask them, why do you believe you are going to heaven? We would hear some answers such as, well, I've always lived a good life. I've tried to help people whenever I can. I'm certainly not as bad as a lot of those other people I hear about. And I think in the end that God's going to look at the good things I did and the bad things I did, and the good things are going to outweigh the bad things. Unfortunately, Scripture tells us that trying to make ourselves righteous before God, or even to try to contribute to that righteousness before God on our own, is an act of futility that can only end in despair. Paul writes in Romans chapter 3, verse 20, that by works of the law will no human being be justified before God. And the prophet Isaiah speaks of all those good things, all those righteous acts that we try to present to God as being filthy rags. The bottom line is, we have no righteousness to parade before God. We cannot contribute in even the smallest amount to our own salvation. We simply don't have it in us. But the good news is that God worked through Martin Luther as he pondered our text for today in order to bring to him the pure gospel, in order to reveal that pure gospel and restore it to the church once again. As Luther pondered those words in our text, the righteous shall live by faith, God led him to the fact that man is pronounced to be righteous not by anything he does or doesn't do, but simply through faith. 
And Paul goes on to write that God has revealed this from faith to faith. In other words, from a faithful God with the goal that it might result in faith. God is faithful to all of his promises in Scripture, and the goal of those promises in Scripture are to draw people to faith, life-saving faith. A faith that trusts in Jesus Christ and his meritorious works alone for salvation. A faith that results in us instantaneously being pronounced righteous in the sight of God as a free gift from God. A faith that results in Christ's own righteousness being credited to us from the very moment we first believe on into eternity. That is life-saving faith. And that is the pure gospel. The pure gospel that results in good works being done. Not so that we may become God's children, but because God has already made us his children. Just like an apple tree does not produce apples so that it may become an apple tree. No, an apple tree produces apples because that's simply what an apple tree does. The fruit naturally flows from the apple tree. So also we as Christians. The good works naturally flow from faith. And we joyfully serve our God and our neighbor as a result of what God has done for us. Another way to look at it is this. Good works never result in righteousness. But righteousness always results in good works. Well, thanks to the blessing of God and the invention of the printing press, this pure gospel spread not only through Germany, but through all of Europe. And Luther became a very famous individual, known throughout households throughout all of Europe. In fact, as recently as the year 2000, Life magazine ranked Martin Luther as the third person, third most important person, in terms of their top 100 list of people who had been influential in the last millennium. Luther didn't like this. Luther always spoke and talked against it. Luther knew that it was not about him, but it was all about the gospel. And the same thing is true with our ministry expansion campaign. It's not about us. It's not about nice new buildings. It's not even about a particular number in terms of the amount of dollars. It's all about the gospel. It's about having the capacity to be able to say yes to every parent who wants their child enrolled in our school, where they will not only learn about the world around them, but about the creator of the world around them and about his son who redeemed the world around them. It's about building on the 41% increase we have had in our K-8 through enrollment over the past three years. Not just so that we can have more students, but so that more students can hear the gospel. It's about people we have never met and likely will never meet this side of heaven. People who 50, 60, or 70 years from now will hear the gospel 
in those new facilities that could be built over the next couple of years. It's about people in our Livingstone worship service hearing the gospel in a much more appropriate surrounding and in a format that they prefer. It's about more and more people from our community coming onto our campus, utilizing our facilities in activities such as Sunday night basketball, where relationships are formed and they are later invited to church and again, they hear the gospel. It's all about the gospel. And so today, we join with Christians throughout the world, thanking and praising God for working through this German monk, Martin Luther, to restore the pure gospel to the church once again. And we rejoice in the possibilities that are there for us in the future so that more and more people will hear that very same gospel in our midst. Today, it's all about the gospel. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.